Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Welcome to episode 286 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with Daryl. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Good, good. I'm very well. I need to sort out some intro for you because you're the only one that doesn't have one at the moment. We'll have to find something. So uh, what have you been doing for the last few weeks? So for the last few weeks, I've been catching up on my TV, sticking mostly to television shows. First off is I finally bit the bullet and went with a recommendation for one of my friends to watch Ragnarok. Yeah. Which is a Norway Denmark production, Netflix original. Yeah. The tagline is a small Norwegian town experiencing warm winters and violent downpours seems to be headed for another Ragnarok unless someone intervenes in time. Hmm. Uh, basically, we follow this family of a single mother and her two sons who move back to her sort of like hometown after the death of her husband. Yeah. And basically we follow, I believe he's the oldest son, Magna, who's always struggled a bit in school, been held back once or twice. In the very opening scene, he has this weird interaction with a couple of the old people at the town and things just start getting weird from there. It's only six episodes, 45 minute runtime each time. Mm-hmm. And it's just really good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's got this sort of background based in Norse mythology, but it's, yes. it's modern day isn't it so mm-hmm. it's one of those shows that kind of wasn't there a new zealand show that did something similar to that as uh, yeah well? i think it was the mighty um something mighty johnson's was, yeah, yeah and it was about like and that had the same sort of idea of yeah norse mythology in modern times that there were family of gods yeah which i've seen around i've often seen it pop up like on recommendations on imdb but i've never mm. watched any of it so yeah it's just a lot of relatively young actors it moves along at a decent pace a lot of it follows the two sons in high school and use all that click stuff. It's just quite a fun thing. It doesn't do everything you expect. The plot and the way that the story progresses definitely feels different to US shows. Yeah. And it's been renewed. Production started back in September after it obviously got pushed back because of COVID. Yeah. So I can't wait to see it come back because it hints at there will be a number of mythical from Old Norse popping up and not just the one that you will see as you watch through this one. Right. Yeah. Well, that would make sense. I mean, yeah. you know, moving forward. Is it subtitled or is it, are you watching a dubbed version? I watched a dubbed version. Okay. Um, and the actor was good. I feel like there were probably Norwegian actors doing the dub. Oh, okay. Most of them sounded like that. You could hear Sidious accent, so I thought that was a good choice. Yeah, I mean, given that most Norwegians yeah. tend to speak pretty good English, it wouldn't surprise me if half of them did their own dubs. <laughs> so yeah. that's distinctly possible. I haven't watched it yet. It's one that I've seen pop up numerous times yeah. and uh, maybe I should give that one a shot. I would definitely recommend it because it is only six episodes so you literally done it. You finish it incredibly fast. Yeah. And it ties up reasonably well especially with the fact that you know it's going to be renewed. So yeah, good. You haven't got that worry that sometimes comes with watching things on Netflix. Um, be continuing as I think a lot of us in the community are of watching WandaVision every week. Yeah. Two episodes left. Yeah. Seems like every big sort of thing hinted at in interviews takes place in these last two episodes 
Yes. Um, I can expect that the trailer pretty much covered the first five episodes of the show. I'm underwhelmed. Are you really? I'm I loving am, it. I'm, I'm really enjoying no, it. No, it just, I know the sitcom things did hit for me because I'm a big fan of those sitcoms. I, I watched a lot of uh, black and white sitcoms growing up. Back in MTV, you used to have um, TBS. Uh, they used to show a lot of those. So you could get through like, I don't know, Leave it to Beaver, The Andy Griffith Show, mm. I Love Lucy, The Honeymooners, which is one of, one of those, which is yeah. hilarious ones, which definitely couldn't ever be on TV now. But <laughs> no. I have so much more fun following Darcy and the FBI agent than I do inside because it's just, there's nothing actually happening inside. We're just waiting for answers, waiting and waiting and waiting. Yeah, I kind of get what you're saying, although they have kind of nudged that story along. And I agree. I, the jumping backwards and forwards, we'd said before that it was a problem if they were going to just stick with the sitcom thing throughout. I think they've paced it fairly well in that each time we've sort of said, oh, well, I hope they reveal this next, like the big bad or, yeah. or the fact that the first couple of episodes are purely based in this sitcom world pretty much. Yeah. It's like, oh, I hope this isn't going to be like this all, all along and the next episode things switch up like with this week which reveals the big I know, bad I don't, I don't feel that I don't feel that switch up yeah this week because something happened but before that I didn't feel that much of a switch up I think when you look at the coverage and the trailer I don't think there's that much in those opening five episodes you know you don't know they're not like oh surprises every week it feels more like an investigation than enjoying a TV show it reminds me of the worst parts of Lost of <laughs> oh that's harsh that's interesting no I mean I, let's I've... look at this side let's look at this let's talk about this commercial for five minutes I think if it wasn't for the fact that Disney and Marvel have planned this so literally we are just watching 24 weeks of Marvel stuff I wouldn't be watching the show so only because it ties so strongly into everything else I would piece up from the show ages ago really i completely disagree that i really enjoyed what they did with the opening couple of episodes i think they paced them moving on from it introducing darcy and the rest of the uh sword team at the right time i think the big bad reveal was done at the right time i don't know i think they've paced it very very well and i've really been enjoying what they're doing with it so you really think introducing the big bad in episode seven of nine you think that's yeah no i, th- I think because I think it's been obvious all along that Wanda didn't have full control over the oh, situation. Yeah, I think that was, I think so, so, so yeah, we I knew, and, and I think a lot of people online had kind of guessed who it was because there was one obvious character and they didn't disguise the name that much. So I think there was one character that I think people yeah. had, had kind of guessed. So, I mean, we were sort of waiting for that reveal and I think that was done really well. I have no problem with the fact that the Big Bad hasn't been revealed until before the last couple of episodes because I think now you're in a situation where you know you know who it is they know who it is and you're going to end up with this sort of bonkers last few episodes of Wanda and Vision having to deal with that so I think it's been paced really really well I've actually really enjoyed it the way they've set it up so I'm looking forward to the rest of it and uh, I'd be interested you know as you say we've we've basically got this throughout the year it's pretty much there is something new from Marvel literally every week either on TV or at the cinema. We're assuming cinemas are back open by then. But there is something new from Marvel every single week from now until the at least the end of the year and beyond. So Yeah, in the case of TV, it's all connected. Yeah. Which, for better or worse. So what else? So the other thing I decided to watch is after the fun ride that was a while, I decided to try another Amazon Prime show that they're pushing, which is the Spanish set, Las Cumbres, or the boarding school. Right. Which is sort of a mystery thriller set within this boarding school for the worst. So you get from the first episode and you can see in the trailers that, you know, you're here because your family and society has given up on you. You get this attempted escape in the first episode, which sort of sets things up going forward. Right. And I've been making my way through that. So I'm up to episode four. It's eight episodes. It's been an eye-opening experience. Spanish sort of TV is very different to the US and probably a little bit closer to, say, British TV. It gives me some Skins vibes in terms of how it treats children right. and teenagers. Speaking in a way that, that they tend to move away from on US TV and that, you know, they're 
tend to choose much older actors to play certain roles, right. whereas most of these ones are sort of like in the 20s or teenagers themselves. There does seem to be some sort of supernatural thing going on. But as of episode four, I don't know for sure. It's quite engaging. There's a lot of things going on because we're dealing with sort of like looking at the school and the way that it pretty much abuses its students. Anyone who's sort of like my age, uh, where I was in places that use uniforms, they can see that sort of thing, the corporal punishment. Mm. Or it's one point where a new student comes in, starts acting up. Uh, the next thing you see, they get that fire hose and hose him down naked. Oof, yeah, that's proper corporal punishment. Yeah. Yeah. See, they put them in what they call the freezers, which are just like some old style basements, obviously quite cold. Yeah. So you do see a lot of stuff, which makes you just sort of wince mm. to that sort of style. Obviously, it's a disciplinary sort of school. If you don't like that sort of thing, or maybe hits a little bit too much home. If you remember strict to school, you might not want to be watching this. Yeah. And it does stay there and it goes throughout. There's so many little plot points. There's a very, very dodgy teacher. I mean, a teacher is so dodgy, it makes pretty little lies look straightforward right. and Disney-fied. Um, you have a mysterious accident that happened to one of the students beforehand. You have a disappearance of students. You have a cult. There's a lot of things going on, but they managed to keep them all running concurrently in a way that US shows wouldn't do. Right. Very well written. Keeps you in. And I was watching the back to back to back. Right. Before I stopped to get some sleep. So, yeah, I would I would recommend it with the caveat that the school stuff is quite off-putting. Yeah. In terms yeah. of it's the different stuff, it is, is a little bit off-putting. But yeah, I think that's a very good show and I hope they either renew it or that it wraps itself up at the end. Yeah. Went to look out for Las Cumbras, that is called. Yeah, that's called, yeah, called. Las Cumbras. And the one is Riverdale. Um, <laughs> yes. Probably since like, the last time I was on, I went through and watched all of like season four that I hadn't watched <laughs> because I watched the Luke Perry sort of memorial episode right. and then just stopped. Yeah. But I, then I went back and watched it. And yeah, season four was all about Jughead, the perfect murder, and him going off to a place called Stonewall Prep. Right. And season five obviously has that wrapped up because of COVID, obviously stopped everything down. But actual season five that we've now got to is the seven-year time jump. Yes. We see them all go off. We get a quick preview of what some of them are doing in the seven years because I've only watched one episode. There's one more episode outstanding and then obviously there'll be one this week, I think. Yeah. Archie went to war. (laughs) Jughead sort of wrote the great American novel (laughs) and then didn't go anywhere and as we sort of come back to him, he's getting kicked out of his apartment and the publisher asking for their money back for his second book. Right. Um, Betty's become an FBI agent FBI (laughs) trainee. Of course, yes. Ronnie has settled down. I think she's married. Right. And she made some money in the stock market. She used to work on the floor, but then she left that after a mysterious accident. Right. And now we see her working at a jewelry shop. Right. And that's basically it. After Archie's injured, they sort of decide to put him to a desk job and they send him back to Riverdale to start an ROTC, which is, you know, military school, for, sort of like officer school. Right. Within a high school setting. Okay. So it's the fifth season something of a sort of soft reboot for the show. Um, very soft. Yeah. Because everyone's back. The reason they come back is for Pops' retirement. Right. And in that first episode of them back... Just at the end, someone disappears. So okay. not one of the main things. A yes. woman popped in afterwards. It is an incredibly soft reboot because Hiram is back. Hiram Lodge, back to his evil ways. Riverdale has once again gone bad. <laughs> oh, um, all the things they spent their time doing in season four, which led to the improvement of Riverdale, yet that's all gone to pot. They decided not to do anything visually to any of the <laughs> actors. So signify not, that they're seven years old if they haven't like changed their hairstyles they haven't done anything I mean the only person who looks right. different is Tony that's because she's pregnant in real life so she was really <laughs> right she was pregnant so she's literally the only one who says anything happened to her which <laughs> yes exactly how oh, you, which, you know you looked at it just had me cackling but yeah, season four was a lot better than the previous seasons. Yeah, it's not told hard. A good, yes. It <laughs> a good story. It moved somewhere. It was a bit weird because of COVID, but the actual story that told went pretty well. Yeah. I'm not sure if they can keep up that level for season five. Right. You can only hope. Yeah, I don't understand. With the seven year thing, I will have to give them, because of COVID, they couldn't really have that whole thing of go off and grow a beard over summer because obviously they didn't know any idea of how their production schedule would be. Yeah, yeah. 
So that can explain some of the reasons why they don't look different. But my God, man, grab a wig or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people, because honestly, so you, can go, you can go like Google up a still from the current episode and they just look exactly the same. It's <laughs> nothing changed at all and there are simple things i mean there's plenty of shows over the years you know going back to 80s 90s where they can signify that you know time has passed yeah. without making it silly or over the top but this is just a little thing a little change of hair style or like a change in fashion styles but no yeah that's the problem you it's, it's, a, it's a real jarring misstep yeah but then you know riverdale sort of seems to specialize in jarring missteps as far as i'm concerned yeah. so. well and it is like bullet like they could just do anything yeah yeah that is true I saw my TV watching two and a half out of four ain't bad I say yeah that's not too bad I've been watching a few different things I've had some preview episodes of uh, Harley Quinn season two so I've been watching through those hilarious incredibly funny kind of continues the story on from the first season which sort of ends up with Gotham being basically destroyed and uh, the second season opens with them effectively declaring it no man's land and uh, annexing it from the rest of the United States. It's a free-for-all. So what, the, like the last back end of Gotham? Yeah, basically. I mean, they're using the sort of the comic book no man's land storyline, kind of. Like the back end of Gotham, it's using that sort of storyline as well, which is they all pull from the same comic book. The villains have sort of decided to try and carve up Gotham between them, but of course Harley is left out of that decision, so Ooh. she goes on a rampage and decides to try and kill all the other major villains that have uh, cut her out of this whole thing. It's just wonderfully fun. It's my favourite depiction of Harlequin. I know it hasn't aired over here yet. As I say, I've managed to get my hands on some uh, preview copies through access to the DC press stuff. So uh, I've been watching it through on there, but it is just wonderful. And I mean, I hope E4 air it fairly soon. Who knows with them, as we've said before, it kind of depends on how drunk the schedulers are as to when they decide to actually put things on air. So, along with that, All Mankind came back, the Apple TV Plus series. That also has a time jump, but they have made some effort to uh, actually age <laughs> people up slightly in that. It sort of makes sense. For All Mankind, it's from Ronald D. Moore, who did things like Battlestar Galactica. and it's an old uh, history, isn't it? Of what if the Russians landed first. Yeah, it's an old history drama. It starts off with the basic premise of what if the Russians landed on the moon first? What would that do to the American-Russian space race? So, the the ultimate sort of end goal of that because the Russians landed first it then becomes a race to who can get the first permanent base on the moon so it sort of starts to diverge in a slightly different direction what the second season does is jump things forward into the 80s so you're kind of in the middle of the cold war you've got Reagan as president now the people who were the sort of key astronauts in the first season of now aren't really flying they're in more senior positions so it's going to be an interesting show moving forward i'd sort of thought this when they first announced it because some of those characters that we're watching in the first season and the second season are going to end up just aging out because mm. they're having to bring in new cast because each season is going to be jumping forward a number of years so you could very soon you know i mean we're in 80s now if it goes on for you know 10 seasons you're going to end up in the future at some point so it's going to be uh, very interesting to see where they actually end up going with this whole thing but um, yeah, the second season starts. The base on the moon has been expanded. The Russians are still up there. They're in the middle of a Cold War. There is heavy tension between the pair of them. They're supposed to be sort of working together, but there's a sort of very uneasy peace going on. Joel Kinnaman's character is now the person that selects which astronauts get which missions. The space program is a lot bigger than anything we've actually seen before. There is also a military, quite heavy military involvement in the space program at this point as well because of the threat from Russia. The uh, Reagan Star Wars system is a more kind of realized thing in it as well. They do a little sort of montage of from the end of the last show to sort of news events and stuff that had happened up until mm -hmm. the point where we start this one. So there's things like the attempted assassination of the Pope worked, but the assassination of John Lennon, the guy missed. So John Lennon is still alive, but the Pope died. So there's, there's little weird little things that they shoved in, in as part of that kind of news report, which were really kind of 
of interesting. It is very much this sort of alt history thing. Really solid again. I mean, if you've seen any of Ronald Dean Moore stuff, he's, he does Outlander and he did the Electric Dream series that was on Channel 4 and uh, Battlestar Galactica is the other big thing that he's known for. He, he's just a brilliant, brilliant writer and creator. This is a wonderful, wonderful show. If you've got access to Apple TV+, Plus, it's definitely worth watching. Very, very enjoyable. It's going out weekly. The first episode is out now, so uh, go and check that out if you've got access to it. Next thing I watched was another new show, which was Bloodlands. The first episode of that is now up on iPlayer and it's going out on Sunday nights. This is a new crime drama series. It's exec produced by Jeb Mercurio, who is the person behind Line of Duty and Bodyguard. It's actually created by a guy called Chris Brandon, who is sort of working under the wing of Jeb Mercurio for this. So if you like the Jeb Mercurio stuff, it's kind of similar style to that. Stars James Nesbitt in the lead role as a detective chief inspector in Northern Ireland, set in modern day, but very much relates to a 20-year-old cold case, which was around about the time of the uh, peace deal being signed. It's the re-emergence of this assassin called Goliath. He has a connection to Brannock, James Nesbitt's character, because his wife was one of the victims. That's not giving anything away. They gave that away in the trailer. So this car gets pulled out of a, a river. They're not entirely sure what's happened to the guy that was in the car, but there is a calling card there, which relates back to this original Goliath case. You get to sort of find out who this person was, why they tried to shut it down and why it was sort of all covered up. Very kind of solid. There's only one episode gone out so far. It's only four episodes long, so it's not a very long series, but uh, if it's worth going to check out on iPlayer if you like those sort of gritty crime dramas that Jed Mercurio does so well. Definitely one worth looking at. The other thing I watched was uh, Great British Dig, which we talked about either last week or the week before, which is this new show. It's um, Hugh Dennis presenting it. Basically, if you like the show Time Team, very much sc- mm. scratches that Time Team itch. It's on more four. There is four episodes in it. The first one is now out, so you should be able to go and find it on all four. Essentially, what they do is they go to a place where they know there is some archaeology. They are fairly sure that they know there is something in that particular area. The difference with this and something like Time Team is rather than being a farmer's field in the middle of nowhere, they're digging in people's back gardens because a lot of the archaeology is in places where they have now expanded and built houses over the top of it. So they go knocking on doors and asking if they can come and dig in people's gardens and uh, dig up their lawns and stuff. And the families get involved and help out as well. It's a really sweet, it's, it's very much a sort of Sunday tea time kind of show, you know, very much like Time Team was. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. The first episode's really interesting. It's to do with a Roman fort. And they do exactly what they say, really. They go and dig up people's gardens. But if you love those sort of time team type archaeology shows, very much a show for you to go and watch. But it's on all four and uh, on more four going out weekly as well, if you want to go and catch that. That's all the shows we've been watching this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. 
don't be wrong with it, but yeah, it just seemed to be that we'd have a female character in and she'd be in there for a while and then she should be written out and we'd just go on. And, yeah. And it would just became a revolving door, which is very strange. In terms of the show, it seems to have been a numbers thing with New Orleans. It never seemed to quite get the same amount of audience as some of the other, you know, is LA and the main NCIS show. So that mm-hmm. seems to be part of the reason. Although I am told that CBS kind of bounced it around the schedules quite a lot. So that is is always been a bit of a problem in that people had to go hunting for it as well. So that probably didn't help its numbers particularly. But there is potentially another spin-off coming, which has been worked on by the people behind the New Orleans bit of the franchise uh, called NCIS Hawaii, which kind of, if you know the world involved in this, which is sort of the CBS procedural verse. That yeah, the does, procedural verse, yeah. That, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, because they essentially, they built a huge lot in Hawaii for Hawaii Five O. Of course, that show is now ended, but Magnum is using it, uses it yeah. at the moment. But it does mean that there is quite a lot of space still left over that they could use for a new show. So NCIS Hawaii sort of makes sense. And it also means that there are going to be characters from potentially that have popped up in Magnum and popped up in Hawaii Five O, as well as other characters from across the NCIS verse that you could pull across to go into this. It probably will be an entirely new team. It probably won't be done as a backdoor pilot. They're saying they will probably pilot it separately. But um, yeah, they are working on it at the moment. So it sort of makes sense. I think that. That makes sense because I think I can remember that ages ago NCIS tried the backdoor for another thing it didn't quite work out. Yeah, wasn't there one called NCIS Red or something that they were talking about? I don't know what they actually what they wanted to call it but they showed us this full team with like known actors and they were mobile so they had like this massive tractor trailer thing which unfolded into an office you know with a lab and stuff. Right. And they introduced that in, for one of the episodes and it felt very much like a back no pilot but that never went anywhere so it's a bit of a shame to see because there's lots of really good characters in New Orleans mm. um, obviously got Scott Bakker at the front of it as Dwayne Pride um, mm. who's sort of the field leader and he really holds the show together Yeah, I've seen a lot of things on the internet saying that as soon as Lucas Black left who was pretty much the second major star in there yeah. that the gig was up so to speak Yeah, he was sort of like the right hand man right. but they, they killed off his character yeah, that- which seemed a very strange but the- that happened an incredibly strange choice. <sighs> so that happened, what, maybe two seasons ago? So, yeah. And like I say, I've not watched it, but I have seen a few people say, yes, it went downhill after that character got killed. So, yeah, that will be coming to an end, but we may be getting another one. I mean, it's not like the NCIS franchise is dying or anything. You know, they're going to no. keep it going. NCIS, it's NCIS going fine. NCIS LA keeps on pushing things out. Yeah, they yeah. put a couple of new cast members over the last two seasons. They seem to be going as strong as anything. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you mentioned Scott Bakula there that will free him up potentially for other projects there are some rumours floating around that Archer his uh, captain from uh-huh. Star Trek Enterprise may show up in an episode of Strange New Worlds in a cameo now bear in mind that Enterprise was set 100 years before Discovery and Strange New Worlds are set so if he does show up it could be in some form of flashback or okay, uh, or it could be I mean you know it's Star Trek he could have been trapped in a transporter loop which is what they did with Scotty and I mean there's all sorts of things that possibly could happen of like yeah well they could go back in time I mean you just don't know there are various possibilities to how he could show up there has been talk about if that cameo goes down well they could possibly launch another spin-off with him in it but I mean they're all rumour at the moment but we'll wait and see the other thing which he was talking about in an interview is the the inevitable quantum leap reboot which will have to happen at some point yeah. I mean I wonder I wonder how much of your audience are going what what's quantum leap yeah I, I that, know because you're pretty old if you know what quantum leap is yes <laughs> that is true I mean I love that show oh yeah that show is hilarious and uh, that theme tune definitely slapped as as a kid say oh yeah totally just a great great wonderfully fun show and uh, Scott McCullough says Sam is still out there that Sam was the 
character he played and he never actually leapt back home. So uh, there is a possibility that, you know, I, I mean, it's more likely he wouldn't be starring in that if they did that, but he means that you could use utilize him possibly in a cameo in some way. Yeah, he'd probably turn up in the first episode or something like that. Yeah. And there's been no announcement or on that. Or maybe they spend the whole season reference that he's being captured by someone, so they keep on looking for him. Maybe that's the person that they're going looking for. I mean, you, yeah. you don't know. It's a really fun series. There has been rumours before about possibility of that being rebooted. And it is a surprising one that, you know, nobody's actually done it yet because it really lends itself to it. We'll see whether anything comes of that. The other show that has been cancelled this week is Mum, which is the sitcom that's coming to an end after eight seasons, which I, I don't think is a great surprise. It's not actually airing anywhere over here now. I think it got dropped by its UK broadcaster, but uh, that will be coming to an end after eight seasons as well. In terms of renewals, I Hate Susie, the Billy Piper comedy that has been renewed by Sky for a second season, which given the amount of plaudits and awards and things that have been thrown at that, that's no great shock. Fate the Wix Saga has been renewed for a uh, second season. I've not watched any of this, but that renewal's come around pretty quick. So the numbers must be pretty good for it, I assume. Wix is obviously Italian cartoon and also yeah. lots of merchandising behind it. So they just sort of really hit the ground just at the right time. Lots of kids at home. And it features one of the actresses from I think Adventures Arena who left after like part two or three. Right. So yeah, still it's surprising that sort of got renewed so quickly though compared to you know some of the other shows which don't I, seem to have I been picked think, up I think it may come to the foreign because it is Italian it is based on an Italian thing I think maybe the international was just doing so well possibly in the yeah. same way that's like, in the same way that's like Beauty and the Beast on the CW hung around for years despite not doing amazing numbers just because it was so loved internationally quite possible obviously we don't really know numbers from Netflix but clearly that's gone down well so that's coming back for a second season a couple of CBS renewals The Neighbourhood and Bob Hart's Abishola have both been renewed over in America on CBS and neither of those air over here at the moment Creep Show has been renewed for third season at Shudder as well I'm not sure whether, do we get Shudder here? I think we get Shudder here but I don't know if, yeah we get I don't a, know whether that, we get something called Shudder yeah I don't know whether, whether that's get, on we it have like, we have Hallmark but it's not the same <laughs> yes Gremlins which is the animated prequel series which hasn't aired anywhere yet that's coming to HBO Max in the US that's already been given a second season renewal so uh, clearly there was something that they liked on that so that's an animated prequel series and uh, for the kids out there on Nickelodeon, Paw Patrol, Blues, Clues and You and Santiago of the Seas have all been renewed, apparently, on Nickelodeon. So uh, at least parents won't have to listen to the same Paw Patrol episode for the hundredth time. There are more of those coming as well. So uh, those are all the renewals. In terms of pickups, Zack Snyder's Justice League film. That is coming to the UK on the 18th of March. We just don't know where yet because all they've said is it will be coming. My guess is that at the moment, Warner Brothers are working out deals as to where it's going to go. But essentially, if nobody, if somebody like Sky doesn't pick it up for Sky Cinema or Amazon or Netflix don't pick it up, they're just going to release it on pay-per-view, on video on demand. So... It, it will get released one way or another on the 18th of March. They basically said it will go out on the same day worldwide. That's the situation at the moment. We do not know where it is going to end up, but it's quite possible it'll come to Sky Store and you know Amazon Video as opposed to Amazon Prime, so you'll have to pay for it. But there is a possibility that a service might buy the rights to it as well. At the moment, we don't know, but we do know that it is coming one way or another on the 18th of March. They have promised that. The Flight Attendant, which is the Kaylee Kloku series, that is starting on Sky One on Friday the 19th of March. I have had a preview of the first episode of this. It's brilliant. I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of it. That's coming on Friday the 19th of March to Sky One. Apple announced some advanced Vegas premiere dates for some of their shows. So uh, Central Park, the animated show, that's got its second season. That's coming in the summer. The Isaac Asimov Foundation adaptation 
Station, that series is coming in autumn 2021. Ghost Rider Season 2 is coming in spring. Home Before Dark Season 2 is coming in summer. Mythic Quest Season 2 actually has a date. That's coming on the 7th of May. That was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, the first season of that. See the Jason Momoa drama. That's returning in the fall, autumn to us British people. And uh, Ted Lasso Season 2 coming in the summer. Morning Show coming in the summer. And Truth Be Told Season 2 coming in the summer. So uh, lots of summer shows on Apple by the looks of things. Glad they've managed to get all those back to filming. But there is some really good stuff on Apple. If you've got access to it, it is worth getting. And uh, you can pay for it monthly. It's like £5 or something for the month. So it's actually just worth sticking it on for a month. Binge through everything, turn it off again. Worth at least spending £5 to uh, go and get a subscription for that. Over on Star on Disney, which of course launches, well, will have launched by the time the show goes out. They have announced a couple of things coming in March. Dollface, which is the Kat Dennings Hulu series, that is coming on the 5th of March. And Next, which was a uh, show that was on Fox, got cancelled after one season. That's coming on the 12th of March. It was about a rogue AI. But from what I'm told, it works quite well as a sort of limited single season thing. There were talk of doing more episodes, but it, it actually wraps up reasonably well in one season. So you can view it as a limited season. So it is possibly worth going to watch. It looked quite good. In terms of pickups, there is another couple of uh, potential spin-offs coming. As we mentioned earlier, we've got the NCIS Hawaii one on CBS. That is not the only procedural they're looking at. FBI International, they are looking to expand that Dick Wolf franchise by adding a uh, new show to that, which will deal with the international operations of the FBI, which uh, apparently, yes, the FBI does have international operations working with local governments and law enforcement to stop threats to the sort of US and the wider world. That's what the basis of that will be. They're also looking at bringing back Criminal Minds, which ended, what, a year ago? 18 months ago? Something, something like, like that. that. They're apparently Good looking Lord. at bringing back Criminal Minds onto Paramount+, Plus, which is the new name for CBS All Access. That would have some of the original cast members and the original showrunner returning. They've also got the anniversary series, which is uh, of CSI, called CSI Vegas, which has got William Peterson and Georgia Fox back as Gil Grissom and Sarah Siddle. They are definitely doing that. That is coming back as well. So they're dug into their big box of old procedurals and are just kind of bringing up as many things as they possibly can. I enjoyed CSI. It was uh, quite good fun. And uh, having the original guys back, I think that could be quite fun as a sort of anniversary thing. It's actually going to be late because it was supposed to, I think it was 20 years last year, um, but obviously COVID. So uh, they ended up bumping it to this year but it's called CSI Vegas hopefully somebody picks that up over here I imagine somebody will but CSI Vegas that will be landing on CBS I think that's coming towards the end of the year that we don't want to look out for moving on to other news stories we've got so quite a bit of casting news this week Sasha Kelly who is not really an actress I know but she was suddenly going to be quite famous because she's been cast as Supergirl for the Flash movie when I posted this your reply was there's a Flash movie <laughs> oh yes I mean much like Bigfoot people talk about it but I've yet to see um, <laughs> yeah no well it has actually got a director I think it's it's on it's like third director or something now but Andy Muschietti who was the person that directed It and the second It movie and a movie called Mama he is now the director of it obviously Ezra Miller back as the Barry Allen film version of Flash the movie is kind of interesting because it sounds like it's going to revolve around the Flashpoint comic book which is yeah. the, the storyline that we've already seen on TV which is Barry going back trying to save his mother and completely messing up the timeline as Barry Allen tends to do that is sort of the basis for it but it does give them the opportunity to be able to maybe mould a bunch of disparate timeline things together and make things a bit more cohesive possibly for the film universe you know because we've got these two different versions of Batman coming and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. in the same way that the um, crisis attempted to explain how DC TV properties worked yeah the crisis event on TV essentially merged everything into one multiverse, including yeah. all the film properties. But this will be a way of them potentially moving Robert Patterson's Batman maybe into being part of the the sort of main DCEU. So we'll we'll see. Maybe, but I always thought I saw like things that the director said, you know, that's a separate story because obviously there will also be the spin-off featuring Gotham PD. I yeah. I forget what it's actually called. But yes, uh, well, we the, don't know what it's 
called at the moment. Separate. Yeah, the GCPD thing, we don't know what that's called. So possibly, I mean, it, it may be, it may be not. We don't know. But uh, it will see Barry mess up with the timeline. But we've yeah. seen we've seen this story done on TV, so now we'll get to see it on film. That and alleged, animated, if, you've ever, yeah, if and, you're a big fan of the animated film. Which you should be, because they're great. So uh, They are amazing. So yes, Sasha Kelly, who is uh, probably not very well known over here, she was nominated for a Daytime Emmy for a role on The Young and the Restless, which is the big US soap. She has been cast as Supergirl on the Flash movie. So there will be a version of Supergirl on there. She will be the first Latina Supergirl because she is a Latina actress. She was chosen out of an extensive search of 420 uh, actresses that they went through for this. There is an absolutely adorable video of... Uh, oh, yeah, they showed the they showed the reaction. Yeah, um, literally. Sort of yeah. Made it sound like a callback, but it was actually to confirm that she was going to be in the role. Yeah, so it was... A sweet thing. Yeah. yeah, it was Andy calling Sasha to say you got the part and uh, it was really sweet and she kind of breaks down in tears. It was very, very sweet. One thing we don't actually know is we know she's playing Supergirl. We don't know whether this is going to be a version of Kara Danvers, Kara Zarel, or whether it's going to be some other alt version of Supergirl given yeah. what the plot line is for the Flash movie. So uh, we're not sure at the moment, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see exactly what comes out of that. But uh, yeah, I mean, great. I think this is wonderful. Clearly they see something in her. I think she's an interesting choice for the role. I don't know her work particularly, but uh, yeah, sure. It's, clearly they saw something in her for it. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's good. As I say, Barry has been messing around with the timeline, so anything is really possible in this. <laughs> I'm looking forward to a Flash movie. I do like Ezra Miller's Barry Allen quite a lot. I like Grant Gustin as well, but I, I like Ezra Miller's take on it. So I could stand to watch a whole movie of that. I think that could be quite good fun. Sticking with DC stuff, we have a Constantine reboot in the works at HBO Max by Bad Robot J.J. Abrams company. This is possibly not going to go down that well with fans of Hellblazer, the original comic book. The all-new iteration sees John Constantine as a young Londoner as opposed to a character from Liverpool. They're also looking for a diverse lead, is the way they put it, as the uh, famous working-class warlock. It's also said to focus a lot more on this TV show on the horror than the religious aspect as well, which I rather thought was a pretty major part of the Constantine character, given that, you know, the entire thing kind of revolves around the fact that he sold his soul to various lords of hell. So I think removing the religious aspect of it is a bit weird. Casting a diverse lead, sure, okay, fine, if that's what you want to do. Uh, I don't get why moving from London to Liverpool. That's a thing I have. I look at it and go, oh, that, that's not good. Mm. <laughs> that doesn't speak well for anything international. Anyone who has any idea of the difference between London and Liverpool is not going to like that. I mean, yeah. that's sort of like saying, yeah, Bruce Wayne, yeah, but let's, let's move on to Metropolis. Yeah. And wondering why people get a little bit annoyed with you. Yeah. Uh, it's a very strange choice to make given the timeline of DC stuff going forward. Mm. It seems like a strange point to, to sort of like mention this. I see obviously that, especially after not hearing anything about Justice League Dark for ages, which once upon a time, I mean, they were talking the movie. Yeah. That sort of didn't go anywhere. That's now supposed to be a TV series by Bad Robot as well. So they are looking at a Justice League Dark series. That was announced a while back that they were looking at that. The biggest problem, of course, you have is Matt Ryan, who is a huge fan favorite in the character of John Constantine. And I think what a lot of people were hoping would HBO Max would decide to maybe do a sort of reboot of the Constantine character, but with Matt Ryan in the lead and actually give him the dark TV show that he was supposed to have in the first place yeah. when they ran it on NBC. Because he's so good at that. He is very good. It's weird to think about, like, I think the, fir- the first time I saw him was back on that very short-lived Criminal Minds spin-off. Really? Wow. He was in that. It was Criminal Minds International, so they sort of went around the world and stuff, and he was one of the people, so I think it lasted about a season. I think it had four to go as a sort of like main draw. Right. But he was one of the people 
I can see from a network point of view why they wouldn't want Matt Ryan because of all the links that he brings to it. Yeah. From, you know, Arrowverse and from the NBC show and from his um, voice work. Yeah, I can see why, but... Mm. Yeah, I mean, I do sort of get it. I mean, they are sort of thinking, okay, let's go with a clean slate. But given that he's already jumped from a very different NBC show to the sort of rather sillier world of Legends of Tomorrow, I, I see no reason why he couldn't then jump out into something which was involving other people and was much darker like a Justice League dark thing but there is a certain amount maybe of stuff that comes with that but I mean I I think he's so beloved in that character and does such a good job and he's so well fitting to it I do wonder whether this is maybe an odd choice for it I'm trying to read through the notes now but I thought somewhere it said that they wanted a young person so they want like a 20 somewhere in the 20s and I guess that why they would therefore just feel the need to go with something different and something new. They describe him as a young Londoner, so it will be a younger oh, version of the character. But uh, yeah, and uh, we've seen inaccurate representations of Constantine before. I mean, there was the Keanu Reeves movie, which is quite beloved by people when they go back and look at it, but I think it's beloved more because it was Keanu Reeves doing it yeah. than, you know, that particular depiction yeah. of the character, which was quite different. This new version will probably be tied in I would assume to the Justice League Dark series that is supposed to be being produced for HBO Max by Bad Robots as well it looks like there is a sort of little cluster of shows coming together that you know there maybe they'll do some other shows as well with the Justice League Dark characters we don't know exactly who that's going to be yet but um, this version is being written by the British novelist Guy Bolton who uh, written a couple of things one's called The Pictures and one's called The Syndicate he's also been writing stuff for TV and Sky and uh, been writing original pilots and stuff he has got some screenwriting experience and he's obviously written novels but he's not being on anything particularly big uh the whole idea of sort of taking constantine sort of altering the character from liverpool to london making him younger uh, and then also removing all the religious aspects out of it when they're quite a key part of that character i I don't know what i don't know if he's a warlock Mm. and it's horror i don't know where else you're going yeah Unless he's, unless he's fighting Syracuse every other week, I don't see where you're going. Yeah, I mean, we'll see when it comes to it, but that just seems a little weird that, that they're removing the kind of religious stuff out of it, if that rumour is correct, and we don't know at the moment. So, I mean, as we said before, the whole DC screen universe does live in a multiverse, so obviously this is an alt version of John Constantine that is part of this Justice League Dark universe, whether it will attach directly into anything else we don't know whether it has its own earth off somewhere is entirely possible that is coming to HBO Max or that is he's been worked on for HBO Max whether they've actually taken it to series we don't know yet the last thing we have for this week is uh, Netflix has ordered a live action Wednesday Adams series based on the Adams family the interesting thing about this is it's going to be directed by Tim Burton also the people behind it as well are, are really intriguing so uh, Wednesday Adams of course described as a sleuthing supernatural infused mystery charting Wednesday's years as a student at the peculiar Nevermore Academy Wednesday's attempt to master her emerging psychic abilities thwart a monstrous killing spree that has terrorised a local town and solved the supernatural mystery that embroiled her parents for 25 years all while navigating her new and very tangled relationship of the strange and diverse student body so that's the setup for it the people that are developing it are Al Goff and Miles Miller who are two names you will probably recognize Mm -hmm. from Smallville they did Into the Badlands they did the Shannara Chronicles they've been had their hands in a whole bunch of different things so they know genre stuff extremely well they've also got people that were involved in things like Code Black and uh, Alphas and the Addams Family films as well so uh, yeah there's a good bunch of people that are behind it and of course Tim Burton is set to make his directorial debut for it as well on TV there really isn't anybody better. I don't think you could have than Tim Burton directing Wednesday Adams. I think that sounds superb for me. I think out of all the Adams family, she was probably the most interesting character. Yeah, 
soliciting with Gomez and thing as a couple, she's definitely the most interesting. Mm. I think you could do a really wacky romantic show featuring the two. Um, oh yeah. yeah, as a sort of school teen kids focused on the on the kid drama. I think yeah, yeah. and a mystery works well. Feels like Nancy Drew cross with Sabrina. Sabrina. Yeah, yeah, that was my thought as well. So I, I mean, it's been made by people who are definitely fans of it. They are people that will handle it very, very well. It has been ordered, so it is definitely coming. Uh, we call Wednesday. Don't know when it's going to land. I think they possibly said 2022, so it might not be until next year, but uh, that we want to look out for, and it will be a live-action series as well. That's all the news we've got for this week. Let's move on to the highlights for next week on TV. <laughs> Highlights for next week. Of course, by the time this launches, Star will have launched on Disney Plus. So there will be a load of stuff you can go through on Star right now. So if you've got a Disney Plus account, go and check that out. Pennyworth is landing on the 28th of February. That's season two of that. I've still got the rest of season one, I think, to catch up with. But that lands on Star's Play on the 28th of February. That's Pennyworth. Walking Dead is back for the third part of season 10. That is coming on the 1st of March at 9 p.m. on Fox. I'm uh, looking forward to that. And that, of course, means that me and Matt will be back doing the weekly podcast for that. Hapless, which is a new comedy coming to my five of all places. That's on the 1st of March. This is a satirical comedy that follows Paul Green, played by Tim Downey, who is a journalist for the UK's fourth most successful Jewish newspaper as he tries to find rubbish stories to please his narrow-minded editor. The PR for this bravely describes it as the UK's answer to curb your enthusiasm. So um, that's, that's, I mean, I I, I wouldn't... Yeah, I really wouldn't have made that claim personally. I, I mean, I, it may very well be. I don't know. But uh, it is on my five and it's called Hapless. That is from the 1st of March. But I mean, it gives you an idea of the sort of thing they're going for. But I think that's a very brave statement to make. The last thing is Your Honour, which comes to Sky Atlantic on the 2nd of March at 9pm. That is a limited series which stars Brian Cranston as a respected judge whose son is involved in a hit and run that leads to a high stakes game of lies, deceit and impossible choices this looks like it could be very very good it is a limited series but that's sky atlantic it's called your honor and that's the second of march at 9 p.m that's everything we have for this week if they want to find more of your stuff where can they find you well they can find my new site which is hollywoodnorthnews.net and that just breaks down all the fun things that happen in Canada in terms of film and tv news i also like to do it um, every couple of weeks or so I I like to do an update on our verse stuff, discussing the new shoes as they return. So obviously the next installment will talk about Superman Lowe's, which will launch soon. Go follow that. Yeah. Should be fun. Um, if you want to talk on Twitter, it is Almasikinis, which is A-L-M-A-S-Y-K-I-N-N-E-A-S. Look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, so go and check that out. That's HollywoodNorthNews.net for all the shows that are shot up in Canada, which is, is yes, like you say, most of the Arab shows and half the sci-fi that is uh, out there right now for Bex of course you can go and find out on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes that's B-Y-T-E-S that's uh, streaming daily and lots of silly fun stuff over on there if you want something to distract you for a bit go and find Bex over on Twitch Matt you can get over on entertainmenttalk.org for lots and lots of podcasts and as I say we will be back with the Walking Dead podcast after that launches on the 1st of March and for us of course you can go to Geek geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye 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 Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 